Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. I'm Tim Blevins, lead pastor, and I'm honored you have come to join us. To experience our full service or for more information, check out the links in the description. I hope this message ministers to you and helps you find life in Jesus. Good morning, Life Church. How are you today? So good to see you. Welcome to church. And um, if you're a guest, man, we're just glad you came today. We really are. Hope you come back. Hope you'll plant here in this house. We, we love our church and we'd love for you to be a part of it. And so welcome, welcome, welcome. So um, I was at the building this week and uh, just a quick update on our building. If you're new to us, by the way, this is our temporary home. As Bailey mentioned, we're counting down the services here. And um, I, I went through the building and I'm just going to tell you, it looks like there's a lot to be done. I'm just saying, like, Holy Spirit, you need to anoint those workers, and like, they need God's speed, and um, so, but they say it can happen. They say it can happen, and so we're going to believe for it to happen, and so um, we're staying on track. I'm giving no new dates or anything. Um, they haven't changed their dates. It just looks like there's a lot to be done. That's all I'm saying. Amen? So we're going to pray. We're going to get started, and, um, and we'll... We'll let God move in our service today in this part. So, Father, we thank you for this day. I thank you for the guests that are here. Thank you for every person that is a part of this house. I pray your blessings on them. God, I pray for our building. We ask that you would anoint those contractors and, Lord, in, in God's speed, they would complete the project, Lord. We're, we're excited about what's next, God, because whew, we've been here, it seems like, a long time, Lord. And But, Lord... Move us forward, move that building process forward. I can't wait. Lord, we love you. And Father, lastly, I pray that you would help the Cowboys beat the Giants tonight. In Jesus' name, can I get an amen, church? Amen? All right. Streeter, can I get an amen, brother? All right, thank you, thank you, thank you. All you Giants fans, we love you all the way up till about seven-ish tonight, and then about midnight, we'll love you again, and, and so that's how it rolls. Hey, we're in a series, starting a series today, and um, the series is called I'm Over It. Now, maybe I was thinking about this building. I was like, oh, Lord, I'm so ready. I'm over it. But that's really not what it's about. I want to tell you what it's all about because the Bible teaches us that, that we are overcomers and more than conquerors. We are called to live victorious lives in Christ but all too often what happens to us is, is we allow these, these difficult circumstances and negative attitudes and, and even spiritual challenges to take some form of control over us. They, they try to control how we think and what we do and, and we find ourselves at times battling to, to get over it, to be on top of these things. But we are going to declare in this series that I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm over those circumstances. I'm not under it. I'm over bad attitudes. I'm not under it. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can overcome all things and the world, it says. Let me take you to 1 John 5, 5. It says, who is it that overcomes the world? Great question. Who is it that overcomes? Well, only the ones who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. 
And so if you believe in Jesus, then you're an overcomer, amen? Why don't we just say this together? Let's just, let's just get in this message with me. You can help me out. So I'm gonna say something, you repeat it. I believe in Jesus. I am an overcomer. I am victorious and I'm over it. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 28, it says the Lord will make you the head, not the tail. If you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God that I give you this day and carefully follow them, you'll always be on top. You won't be under it. You'll be over it. You'll never be at the bottom. Amen. So look at somebody beside you and say, get over it. Get over it. Look back at him and say, you get over it. No, you get over it. Here's what we're going to get over today. I'm over it with stinking thinking. Stinking thinking. I've been thinking about my stinking thinking. I've been thinking about your stinking thinking. And what do I mean by stinking thinking? Um, Negative thoughts and I've been thinking about doubtful things and fear-based thinking. And, and, and I want to say to you today that when I'm, I'm talking about what we're thinking about, I'm not going to give you this think positive, not negative. Positive is a, is a I'm going to call it just a worldly term to try to, you know, work through things. I'm not into that. Listen, listen, I, no, I'm going to tell you, I'm probably the most positive person you know. Listen, I am. I, listen, you come to me and go, hey, you know, this and that, I'm going to be like, oh, you're going to get through it. Like, I just land there. I don't know. I, one way or another, you're going to figure it out. You know, I just, I'm very positive. But let me tell you what, positivity isn't my message and that's not my life. What I want to do is to be able to get into the presence of God and get in my prayer corner and be able to get a God word and come out not with positivity, but with a faith-based thinking. I want to I wanna respond to the challenges in life, not with positivity, because that's like, you know, that's karma. Listen, no, we don't do karma. We do by the power of God and by his spirit, we will get through this. That's faith-based thinking. And that's what we want to be. When life is difficult, we're going to have this battle that's in our, our minds, I mean, that's where, the, that's where we work through so many things. And I don't know about you, but there are, there are times that, that I, I battle through thoughts of faith. I'm a faith person. And then there are times that I'm struggling with my thought life. And, you know, I mean, listen, I, there are some times I have like a, I have this confidence in God. And I'll, I'll carry with me this, this ability to, to look at a problem and go, oh, we're getting through this by God's grace and God's power and you know, you might even have that little Holy Ghost swagger with you. We got this thing, man. We're going we're gonna to walk this out, you know. And I can be right in the middle of, as, you know, God is good and he is for me and no one's going to come against me and my God. And I can be just mid, midway and all of a sudden it's like a dart from the enemy will just jump right into my brain and I will flip from how good God is to, oh my goodness, I can't get through this. Have you ever been there where you're, you're processing and then all of a sudden, boom, you feel the, the pain, you feel the, the stress of things and, and the negativity and, the, and, the, and you know, the anxieties come with it. And that's what happens when you move from faith-based thinking into, and I'm just gonna call it demonic thinking because if we're talking about kingdom thinking, then the other way of thinking has gotta be demonic thinking. 
which is bringing into your life the anxiety. It's bringing into your life things like depression and pressures and, and you feel all of that. Listen, the battle's real. It's a real battle. Most of life's struggles are won in the place between your ears. It's in your, in your mind. The Bible says it like this. It says, do not be conformed to the patterns of the world. In other words, don't live like the world. Don't think like the world. Don't act like the world, but be transformed by, and this is the whole key. How are we, how are we gonna not be like the world? Well, we renew our mind. We, we place our minds and our thoughts on the things above and not the things below. We renew our mind. We, we, listen, I wanna tell you, and I propose this to you today, that you have the ability to train your mind to think like the kingdom of God and not like something else like the world. You can train your mind. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians, won't be on your screen, just listen, but it says that we can take captive every thought. In other words, you have the ability to think about what you're thinking about and then change it to think the way God wants you to think and not the way the world thinks. We have authority over our thoughts. And so there's really only two things you can do with your brain. You can conform it to the world's way and live under the pressures and the anxieties of the world or you can conform it to God's way and you can train your brain to think God's way and live out the results of God's ways in your life. You can be transformed to be a kingdom thinker and you can live in victory over the things in your life. And so what I wanna do in this sermon today is to train us to inspire you to get over stinking thinking and into kingdom thinking today. And so we're going to look at a, a story that's probably very familiar to many of you. I'm going to put a nice little spin on it and you'll, you'll see that it's, you're hearing something familiar but in a brand new way today, I believe. I want to talk to you today about the battle between King David and a giant named Goliath. Now, everyone loves a good underdog story. We do. We love underdog stories. We love it when a, a smaller team and a smaller school upsets the bigger, badder school. It's just fun to watch that, that underdog team win. It's fun to see a, a team that's highly ranked get beat by a team that's not ranked. And, and there's that underdog story. If you're, if you're into college football, uh, listen, right now, the Colorado uh, football team. Man, last year they were one and 11. Like they won one game all year long. They hired a new coach, got a bunch of new players. And this year they came in as underdogs and they beat a ranked team and they're two and oh already this year. And, and everybody's excited about it. Listen, nobody likes Colorado football team, except for now, they went from couldn't put half the stadium filled, now they're selling out tickets and everybody all over the country is now like, we like Colorado. No, we like underdogs and they're crushing it. David in this story was the underdog. He's this young Israelite shepherd. He's a boy. He's about 13 years old, and he is up against Goliath, who is this massive warrior. He's a giant of a man. So David's the underdog in the story, and as we read the story, you're going to see that there's battle lines that have been formed between 
the Jewish Israelite people and the Philistines and David is an Israelite and, and Goliath is a Philistine and David is too, even too young to even be at this battle lines but his dad had sent him to check on his brothers and so David arrives and, and he sees a bunch of the Israelites who are, who are just in, in, in fear, they're, they're cowarding in, in this battle but David arrived and he thought differently than everyone else. And the way he thought is what gave him the ability to have the victory over this giant. So let me take you to the story and we're just going to dig through this and have a good time today. First Samuel 17 says, Saul and the Israelites assembled and they camped in the valley of Elah and drew up their battle lines to meet the Philistines. And the Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another with the valley between them and a champion named Goliath who was from Gath came out uh, to the Philistine camp and his height was six cubits and span I believe it's like nine foot tall man and he had a bronze helmet and he wore a coat of of scaled armor and he has a, a that was a bronze and it weighed 5,000 shekels and on his legs he wore bronze things that protected his legs and he had a bronze javelin and it was slung on his back and his spear and his shaft was like a, a weaver's rod at the just at the point of the spear it weighed 600 shekels and his shield bearer went ahead of him he had to have somebody it was so big he had to have somebody help carry the shield and so Goliath he, he came out and it says he stood and he shouted at at the ranks of Israel and he said why do you come out and line up for battle? He said, am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? He said, choose a man and have him come out and come down to me. And he said, if he is able to fight and kill me, then we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, then you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistine said, this day I defy the armies of Israel. He said, give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites, they were dismayed and terrified. Well, this is a, a high stakes situation. It was a winner takes all moment. And David steps up and he, he owns the moment. And I wanna share with you how David thought differently than the rest and so if you're taking notes, you can write this first thought down that David, he, he had a renewed mind, a renewed mind that thinks with faith. He thought with faith. Let me remind you today that, that we're here to renew our minds. We can train our minds to be faith-focused. So David, he saw the giant. He overheard the, the, the story and, and he, he saw this giant of a man and he was taunting the Israelites. And then, and then he heard, though, the Israelites talking about a reward for anyone who would defeat the big giant. And so it says this, that now as the Israelites had been saying, and so there's some of David's brothers and some men, and they're talking to David, and they're telling him, and they said, do you see this man? He keeps coming out. He comes to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his family from the taxes in Israel. 
So what happened was, is David, he looked past the giant and saw the victory and the reward. You see, David heard the stories that he saw the giant, but he heard what the reward was. So David began to, by faith, begin to look past the problem and see the victory and see the reward. Now, I don't know what he thought about the rewards. I mean, it probably was pretty enticing to, to hear that you're going to be wealthy and then he was going to get to marry Saul's daughter. Now, I don't know if he'd seen Saul's daughter. He didn't have, you know, Facebook, so he couldn't stalk her to find out if she was cute or not. But he was probably like, oh, well, we'll take it. I think what he was most excited about was that his family didn't have to pay taxes anymore. And I'm telling you, in this culture today, I would love to be where I didn't have to pay the taxes anymore. Inflation, inflation, and taxes going up. I'm not even gonna go there today. David's mindset was for victory. David saw the challenge. He saw the problem, but by faith, he saw the victory. You know, typically when we have difficulties and we have battles that, that come against us, whether they're circumstances or, or health or finances or, or marriages or whatever comes at us, there, there's usually this, this, you know, great battle between our ears and one is you know, is, is God going to get me through it? And can I make it through it? Can we solve this? Can we win? And then on the other hand, we have this battle over here that is the demonic way of thinking. And I don't know if I'm going to get through it. And, and you know, it's that stinking thinking. And, and that's, that's a fear-based type of thinking. And, and, and I was just thinking again about what it means to, to live in this stinking thinking mindset. And I just want to tell you that that if you live in this way of life, if you think like the world and you, you live with, with that mindset that, that you're not going to get through it, it's going to produce things in your life that you don't want. It's going to produce anxiety in your life. It's going to produce stress in your life. If you live like that, it's going gonna, it's gonna to create doubts in your life about what God can do. You're, you're going to have a lack of confidence in your life. And listen, you're going to Listen, when, you, when you're all stressed out, you know, you're in a bad mood. Like, nobody's going to want to be around you. Like, you're, if, listen, your spouse is like, you need to get some help. Like, you're in a bad mood all the time. But it's because you're in the stinking thinking pattern. There's a, a lack of motivation that comes. There's, we, even when we're under our circumstances, we become victims of our circumstances, I even read that, that people that, that live with this negative and this, this you know, world way of thinking, that it, it, it actually it makes you gain weight. That's what I read. Why? Because what happens is stress produces cortisol. Cortisol makes you, it makes you grow a little bit, you know, like, and, and it's not good. You don't want to. Listen, if you want to, you know, get a little chubbier, which we don't, then, you know, you can have a stinking thinking. So what I propose to us is we go on a diet from the stinking thinking and we get rid of all that and we start feeding on what God would have for us. We'd start feeding on the word of God and then instead of gaining weight, we're gonna gain God and we're gonna gain his confidence and we're gonna gain his peace in our life and we're gonna have what we need in him. Listen, I want you to know that when you have faith-based thinking, then, then you see life different. You have hope and you'll have 
peace and you'll be able to make better choices and you're going to have the power of the Holy Spirit because, listen, you're going to get that faith-based thinking when you're in your prayer closet and you're seeking God and God says, I'm going to get you through it. Now you have the confidence of God to get through it, not just positive thinking. So the Bible says to transform our, our minds. This means that you can transform your brain. You can train your brain to be full of faith and you can, you, you can say, God, I, I want to live with that kind of mindset in my life. And, and I want to tell you that, that you can do it. You can choose what you dwell on. Listen, all kinds of random thoughts will come into your brain, but, but you can determine what are you going to dwell on. And you can renew your mind and be full of faith. And I want to encourage you, if you really want to train your mind and transform your life, then if you get into God's word, his word will begin to transform your mind. And you'll, if you'll pray and you give, you start saying to God, I'm going through this difficult thing, God, in my life. I've got a giant in my life. And, and God, I, I want to pray. And I've taught this before, but I want to share with you the prayer that I pray so often. I pray this all the time, especially when I can't sleep at night. You ever have one of those nights where you're stressed and you can't sleep and, and you have to turn off your brain because it's going in the wrong direction? <clears throat> I pray this. God, I give you everyone and I give you everything in Jesus' name. Amen. And I just turn it off. Listen, you can pray. You got to transform your mind. You can give thanks to God and give praise to God. One of the ways you can transform your mind is you spend more time in worship and more time in, in prayer and in praise. You can, you can listen to good preaching like right now. I'm helping you. I'm helping you with good preaching. I didn't say great preaching. You can go somewhere else for that, but good preaching. Listen, the word of God will transform your mind and, and those who hear the word of God, your faith will be built, built and then you can declare with your mouth the promises of God. You know, one of the greatest tools you have is your tongue and you can begin to declare what God can do, declare the promises of God, begin to say with your mouth, I know I'm gonna get through it. I know my God will help me. I know my God is on my side. You begin to say it. You have to use your words. Your words have the power of life and death in them. Did you know your voice has greater authority than your thoughts? Because the Bible says what you say, what you declare. How did God create everything? By the, the words. So you're gonna have all kinds of thoughts. But if you begin to say what God says, you begin to use your words to say what God would say and declare the promises, then you're releasing his power into your life. And he'll help you. We can renew our minds. David said here in 1 Samuel, it says that David overheard and they reported to Saul. So David heard all that was going on and somewhere he must have said, well, I'll fight that giant. And so they heard this and they reported to Saul. So Saul sent for him, it says, and David said to Saul, let no one lose heart. In other words, all you people with your stinking thinking need to change your mind. Don't lose heart because on account of this Philistine, your servant. He's like, I'll go because I know God will get me through it. And so my next point for you as we process through this story is that a renewed mind thinks beyond the natural and into a spiritual realm, into the spiritual realm. So there are four dimensions I'll share with you of, of, that we have in our world. 
four dimensions. And you're f- probably very familiar with three of them, but I'll share with you the fourth one because it's equally as important. But the dimensions are height, depth, width. In other words, all the natural dimensions. This pulpit has height, it has width, it has depth. We see it, there it is, natural. But there's a fourth dimension. And the fourth dimension is the spiritual dimension. It's the unseen world. And I propose to you that the unseen world is as real as what you see here in front of you. And so we have to learn to think past what we see in the natural and begin to see with our spiritual eyes. And so David processed it like this. In 1 Samuel 17, it says, David asked the men standing near him, he said, well, what's going to be done who kills this Philistine and removes the disgrace from Israel? And he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? So here's the point. Circumcision was a sign of a covenant relationship with God. David was in a covenant relationship with God and Goliath was not. This means that David not only had the three dimensions that were natural, but David understood that not only did he have natural ability, but God had a fourth dimension. There was a spiritual aspect to David's life. And so the enemy, Goliath, he had three dimensions. He had his sword, he had his helmets, he had his big old body. And David, he didn't have all that, but he had something greater. And he had the love of God. He had the power of God. He had the presence of God that's in the unseen world to back him up. And so it says that in verse 45, it says, David said to the Philistine, he said, you're coming at me with a sword and a spear. You have your dimensions You have a javelin. He said, but I come at you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defiled. He's like, hey, enemy, you can't see what I see. He's like, you can't operate because you're an uncircumcised man. You you don't have a covenant with God. He's like, I have a covenant with God. And he said, so I'm not coming in this battle with three dimensions. I'm coming with the fourth. And he said, you better know this one thing, that I'm coming with the host of God's armies. It says the armies of God. In other words, there were more that were for him than the more that were against him. The armies of God. Think about this. Now, this story in in the Bible, it's it's a phenomenal story. and, And it's in there to teach us something. Like this they didn't write that story just to have one of God's highlight reels. Uh, it's there to build our faith. So consider Goliath, this nine-foot-tall giant and weapons and war experience. And, and here's the, what it means to you and I. Goliath represents the problems in your life, the big issues in your life, the, the things that are standing between you and what God wants for your life. And, and Goliath represents that. Goliath represents the demonic powers that are battling against you. And in this story, you are David. I am David. We are David. Now, we're the underdog in this story because naturally, physically, we're outnumbered. We don't stand a chance against Goliath. And and there's some situations in your life, you don't stand a chance on your own. The world has brought something at you so significant that, that it, it's, it's over your head. 
But I want you to know that you are like David in this story and you are in a covenant relationship and you worship the true living God and your battle is not only in a physical sense, but it's a spiritual sense. That's why I wanna encourage you today that, that you need to have the mind that understands spiritual warfare in your life and you need to be able to pray and rebuke the enemy and you need to know that God has given you spiritual weapons of warfare to defeat the enemy and the biggest problems in your life. And I want you to know that God will send his armies to fight for you just like he did for David. Listen, you were outnumbered, you are outnumbered by your problems, but when you get in your prayer closet and you begin to do your spiritual warfare, then suddenly your problems are outnumbered by God. Amen. Thank you. Thank him. Moving along. A renewed mind thinks about possibilities. So there's limited thinking. I'm in a box and all I know is what's in the box and all I've ever seen is what that person did so I do that. All I've ever seen are what my parents do and I just do what they do. I grew up, it's a generational life and, and so I just, I've, all I've known is whatever I've been taught and see and so limited thinking and, and so your mindset is just trapped and that's all you know but then there's this way of thinking, unlimited thinking where God begins to reveal and show you things and give you strategies in life and, and you need to have a strategy sometimes to get through some things. The Bible says, in, again in Samuel, chapter 17, 48, it says, as the Philistines moved closer, so as the giant moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. And he reached into his bag and he took out a stone and he slung it and he struck the Philistine in the forehead and the stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone without a without a sword in his hand, and he struck down the Philistine and killed him. You see, David needed a winning strategy. He knew that he had zero chance if he went into a hand-to-hand combat with Goliath. He was completely outnumbered, and so he, all he probably had seen in the past, I mean, he's looking at all the Israelites, and they're standing on one side, and they all got their sword, and they're like, well, we can't beat him. David, he decided, hey, I'm going to get creative. I'm going to find a way that I don't have to go into hand-to-hand combat with this guy. In other words, let me tell you what he did. He showed up to a knife fight with a gun, right? He's like, I can't get close. God gave me a way. God will give you a strategy. In other words, he, he was able to seek God and find a, a, a natural solution. He took a spiritual prayer and God showed him how to work it out. And I want to say to you that yes, so much of what we do is in spiritual warfare, but if your spiritual warfare never gets to a, a natural, tangible way to get through it, then you might stay stuck. As an example, like maybe you're in a financial you know, crisis right now and, and you're praying and you're saying, God, send me a bunch of money. Send me a bunch of money. Help me through. Send me money. I need a breakthrough, God. And sometimes God says, I'm gonna give you a real creative way to set your budget so you can start building and getting out of this. Thank you, both of you. I felt like, I felt like that one landed. 
Because, I mean, you know, we're, we're a bunch of charismatics in here and all we want is like, God, fix it now and I want a breakthrough now. Listen, your breakthrough might be a creative way. He might show you a side hustle. I don't know, but let God speak to you a strategy. Can I get an amen? amen. The last thought here is in the story is David, he, in his renewed mind, and a renewed mind thinks about past victories. Now, I'm not saying we live in our past, but we train our brains to believe in the promises of God by remembering how he got you through difficult problems in the past. And if he did it in the past, he can do it again. I mean, that's the, the whole way. You, you know that if God has helped you before, I mean, he's not gonna just you know, go, well, forget it. I, I don't like him anymore, and good luck with that. No, he, he's with you, and, and so... If he's helped you if, you, if you've known his power before, his power is still in front of you. And so David said this, and he said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, he said, I went after it and struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. And then when it turned on me, he said, I seized it by the hair and I struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, and now this uncircumcised Philistine will be just like one of them and because he's defying the armies of the living God. He said, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of a lion and the paw of a bear will rescue me from the hand of a Philistine. So Saul said, yes, sir. He said, go, and may the Lord be with you. Listen, David's testimony is about God's faithfulness in the past. And David, he had this victories in his past. And he knew that he had saved him and he had given him by the power of the Holy Spirit to defeat a bear and defeat a lion. In other words, the, the problems were so big, it looked like a bear in his life. The problem was so big, it looked like a lion in his life. And, and listen, you may be facing things in your life that seem like a bear, a lion, or a giant, and you need to be able to, to be able to be like David and be able to proclaim that the Holy Spirit, he's gotten me through things in the past. I know he'll get me through the things in the future. You have a testimony. If you've walked with God very long, you have a testimony in your life, and, and I have a testimony in my life. Over the years, I can tell you that, that God has gotten me through so many circumstances, ups and downs in life, and hard problems, and terrible, frightening things, but because of the Lord, I got through it. Yes. Amen. It didn't destroy me. I may have a a little limp out of it, but it didn't kill me. It didn't take me out. It didn't wipe me out. I got through it. Praise God. Amen. Listen, I mean, I'm telling you, we walk through things and sometimes you don't even know how you get to the other side. You're like, I'm in the middle of something and you just are making the next best decision. You're praying and you're doing spiritual warfare. And then like two years later, you look back and go, I don't know how I got through that, but I got through it. I'm still standing. I'm still worshiping. I'm still in church. My God still lives and I'm still marching forward. Sometimes you have no idea how you're gonna get through it. God is good. He'll get you through it. If he's ever gotten through it in the past, he'll get you through it now. Amen. Come on, let's just give 
our God a good 10 second praise break. Can you do that? If he's ever gotten you through it, when you think about the goodness of God, can you praise him today? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I think that was only eight seconds. Give me two more. He's so good. Woo, I love you, Lord. We worship you. We thank you. You've done it before. You'll do it again. David had a bear come after him. God got him through it. When you go through your darkest moment, he's going to get you through it. He had a lion come after him. God got him through it. You may be struggling with sickness. God's going to get you through it. You may, be, you may be under spiritual attack and you may be currently under your circumstances, but I'm here to say to you, get over it. Amen? Get over that stinking thinking. Get over that negativity. Get over those doubts. Change the way you think and live by the kingdom of God, by faith and walk in his power and his might, and God will get you through it. Amen? Can I get a good amen? I think the worship team's gonna come up here. Where are you at, guys? I love this, guys. Hello. I'm getting ready to pray, and I need y'all to get ready to throw down for just a minute because this group wants to worship a little bit. They, they like, we gotta praise God one last time. You know, today when we go back into worship, I want you to know that that's one of the greatest weapons you have against your problems. And so when we sing this song, don't, don't be all cool and like, man, lift your hands up and say, God, you are my God and you have saved me and I love you and you're going to get me through it. Let it be a day of praise for you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, let me pray and then we'll set it up. Father, thank you for this time. And Lord, I know I've preached in some ways that may even create a little bit of hype in it. But for this moment, we want to grasp the power of your spirit in it. Holy Spirit, would you minister to every person in here struggling in a battle? And if that's you, would you just in your heart, would you say, God, will you get me through it? And then say, no, no, God, you're going to get me through it. By faith, I believe it, Lord. Declare it with your mouth. You're going to get me through it, God. You're going to get me through it. And if you're here today and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, then you are missing the power of God in your life to get you through it. And today I want to introduce you to Jesus Christ because it's only through Him can you get through it. There's sin in that is dominating your life. And the only way to get over sin is by believing Jesus for him to forgive you of your sin. And if you'll believe in Jesus, if you'll trust in him with your heart today, if you confess Jesus as Lord of your life, then he will save you. He will forgive you. And he'll give you a new heart, a new life. And so with every head bowed, if there's anyone in this room that would just lift your hand so courageously to me and say, Pastor Tim, I want to be saved today. I want all my sins forgiven. I want a new life. If that's you, would you lift your hand to me? Amen. 
Let's all pray this together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus Christ. He died on the cross for my sin. I receive him today. I dedicate my whole life to Jesus. Fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I can serve you effectively in Jesus' name. Amen, church. Amen. Listen, will you stand to your feet with me? Would you just go ahead and stand up and give Jesus a good clap? He's worth it. Give Jesus a good clap. One good time. Come on, give him one good clap. I'm not quitting till you give it. Awesome. Well, we're going to close. And I would love if you would stay in the building with us for this last part. There's going to be people at the side to pray for you. If you have any prayer need. Maybe there's a Goliath, there's a giant of a problem and you're just like, I need somebody to pray with me and build my faith. Maybe you wanna talk to someone about salvation. You can go to somebody for prayer. We have communion, it's in the back corners. You can go leave your seat and go get communion, come back and take your communion. But let's also, let's take a moment and lift up our God and thank him for how great he is and let's worship him. Because in his presence is power. This will give you the faith you need to get through it. He'll get you through it. Let's go.